Hello again, friends. The great Brian Last here, you there, and we're back with another bonus episode of the drive through with some extra questions this week because so much is happening once again in the world of wrestling. And with me, of course, the star of the drive through Mr. Jim Cornette. Say emphasis on star, emphasis on Mr. I realize what you're doing, Brian Last. I can see through you just like a fucking plexiglass window. You are buttering me up because you have called me into service here. You have pressed me into duty for all this folder, all the shenanigans and, and all of the various things going on. I've had a big day today, heating and air people out here in the attic, on the roof, all kinds of hammering, banging, pounding trucks, hammers, things. I'm stressed out. <laughs> and suddenly you say, we got to talk about this. We got, we got this. You got to call somebody and tell them that. Uncle Dave the Stooge is at it again, and they're trying to hornswoggle people. They're trying to, to bait and switch people out of what they want to see for, and trying to tell them what they think they want to see, but they don't want to see that. You know, a lot of people don't think it'd be like it is, but it do. That's right. Yes, that is a transition yeah, back yeah. to me. Uh -huh. Well, a lot of people think it do, and it do here today. We have lots of doo-doo. Well, for... let's do the do, because, you know, when news breaks, we take it back and get a refund. Well, Jim, we have to talk about one of the big issues, and it is issue, eh, boo -boo. and it is an issue that we have not spoken about here on the show just yet, and it's surprising because it's been one of the big topics in wrestling, so let's get right to it. The hot button issue, what are your thoughts on Cody Rhodes and this rubber chicken? Well, you know, at first I suspectified Svengooly. I thought it might have been had something to do with him. He, I thought he might have been there. He's a big wrestling fan, but he came out on Twitter and disavowed any involvement whatsoever in the unglorious incident where Cody Rhodes ended up laying in the ring face down on WrestleMania night, a loser with a rubber chicken beside his head. It was not our friend from Chicago, Spinguli. Well, no one the, thought the, it was... the king of the rubber chicken. Well, he every time somebody sees a rubber chicken, they think of Sven. Well, they could think of him, but they wouldn't think he was the one throwing it. It could be someone, usually they throw chickens, rubber chickens at Sven Gooley. Well, it's about time he started fighting back, isn't it? At Cody Rhodes? Well, he, at Cody, WrestleMania? Could been, Cody could have been one of those mysterious, nameless, faceless chicken chokers and, and chuckers. <laughs> Do you think this how, is how much does a, the job as a chicken chucker pay? Oh, I don't know. How many chickens could a chicken chucker chuck? If a chicken... How many chickens could a chicken chuck if a chicken could chuck chickens? <laughs> Do you think this is a buildup to next year's WrestleMania, Cody versus Sven Gulli? Oh, I thought you were going to say Cody versus the chicken. Cody versus um, the rubber chicken. No, it would only be that if it was Olivier. And if it was an AEW, then I'm pretty sure they'd book him with a rubber chicken. He's choked enough of them. Do you think Vince could convince Kenny Omega to be the rubber chicken if he comes in and says, you know, we need you to have more charisma, more personality? Have you ever thought about being a rubber chicken? <laughs> I think, I think old Kenny would have one thing to say. Gobbledygook. I do feel bad Cody's laying there selling it. And again, <laughs> I said it when we reviewed WrestleMania. He sold it the whole time Roman was walking back. Cody's just in the ring by himself. It's sad. And there's a rubber chicken next to him. <laughs> but at least he wasn't alone. He wasn't all alone. He had his chicken to comfort him. Have you ever before seen that as an item or an object thrown into the ring? Honestly, no, I don't think so. And I mean, I've seen a lot of different things thrown into the ring and had different things thrown at me. I've made a list of them for the Tales from the Territories uh, shoot last season. But I mean, it, it's 
usually something that you would carry on your person. I mean, I've had shoes, purse, Vaseline jars. That was a because those old fashioned glass ones, not the plastic ones, but the glass ones with the metal lid. Boy, even if an old woman fucking sidearms one of those at you, it'll do some damage, but never a rubber chicken. One time, one guy in Cleveland threw his fucking shoe, walked right up and threw his shoe at me. <laughs> and you know what I did? What did you do? I grabbed it, held it up, showed it to him, and threw it under the ring. <laughs> no, and yes. he was a one <laughs> shoe hopping on one foot going home motherfucker that night, I bet you, because it was cold, too. Do you think he hangs out until the very, very end and... Excuse me, my shoe is under they, that They ring. cleared the buildings in those days. You could not hang around. Excuse me, Jim Cornette threw my yes. shoe under the ring. Can you help me? Well, then they'd say, how Jim Cornette get your shoe? A few years back, there was this great clip that happened. I don't know why this is all reminding me. I guess just because it's so ridiculous. It's not garbage. It's a rubber chicken that ended up next to Cody. But a few years ago at Major League Baseball, or in a Major League Baseball game, I forget even who the game was, uh, who was playing, a fan went and tried to catch a ball, but it interfered with the player trying to catch it, and the player didn't catch it, and another fan a few rows away was so disgusted, he just threw an entire slice of pizza <laughs> at the other fan, but it comes out of nowhere because no one's paying attention to this other person, and you just see this pizza, and you've never seen a triangle pizza travel with like no gravity. It just like moves <laughs> through the air and just hits the guy in the side of the face. But anyway, rubber chicken... You know, you know, you know the Murdoch cup of ice story, don't you? No, what's that? Well, in the again in the old days when they sold, you know, I guess they still do now. Even you know, plastic cups with ice in it for drinks, people would pour the liquid out and ball the ice up in the large cup, and it became a rock, right? And boy, I've stood up on the ring and got pelted with one of those right in the fucking nuts, and it was not fun. But Murdoch is wrestling in mid south somewhere, the mid south territory one night. It may have been against Killer Carl Cox, his, you know, hero. Who knows? But Murdoch is going to turn around. He's the heel. He's going to turn around after he's done something. This, this is the spot. And the babyface is going to drop kick him in the back. He's going to take a bump over the top rope. Well, he does whatever the fuck he does, and he turns around and starts yelling at the fans. And before the babyface gets up, somebody winged from the balcony, one of those fucking ice cups <laughs> and it hit him right in between the shoulder blades he thought it was the drop kick and he went 10 feet forward and straight over the top <laughs> rope <laughs> i had not heard that before no so there you go well cody should be happy it was only a rubber chicken it was only a chicken seemingly a harmless chicken but jim let's get to an issue that's well, actually you know what they mama Cornette always used to say sometimes the chickens come home to roost well, speaking of which, that's a wonderful transition there, Jim. See? A lot of things happening in the world of professional wrestling, and seemingly in the last couple of days, one of the reasons we're recording this update, a lot happening around the world of CM Punk and AEW once again. Here we go again. I guess it starts with a report yesterday came out from Fightful Select, I believe it was Sean Ross Sapp, reporting that CM Punk has been in talks with AEW, he's eager to come back to AEW, they're trying to get him to sit down with Chris Jericho to hash things out. And he's willing to do business with whoever. The Bucks, Omega. I don't know about Jericho. We'll see. But the Bucks and Omega and the people that you think he would have a natural conflict with because of everything that happened behind the scenes. So why don't we start with that? The report that seemingly a punk return is imminent. With some reports saying that it's coming up at an upcoming AEW show in Chicago. 
What are your thoughts on all this coming out? Well, but we've, this is not really, when you think about it, new news because we've heard a few times that there's been conversations between Tony Khan and CM Punk. And every time we hear that, then the propaganda arm of the EVPs out there in Campbell-by-the-Sea, California, you know, does anybody, even the impartial observers now, let's say, does anybody not think that Uncle Dave is the Jerry Mahoney to the EVPs, Paul Winchell? And Google it, kids. It's going to be hilarious. But He's the living he, point lookout, Paul Winchell. He, it, and that's the thing is that Every time that there is some public indication, some report that Tony and CM Punk had a long talk or that this is coming closer to fruition, then immediately something comes out from Uncle Dave's side on behalf of the EVPs that is meant to either inflame Punk to defend himself and rightfully so, like he did a week or two ago when the fucking plumber was running his pie hole, or as we, we talked about a few weeks ago, it, they start having a preemptive strike by putting out, well, oh, well, as long as Punk's willing to apologize, apologize for what? Not suing Tony Khan and his company under the fucking courthouse? Is that what he has to apologize for? Here's a guy who probably, because he's proud, doesn't want to go out of the wrestling business like this, where because of the children he worked with, people think he's a cancer because he's not one that runs his mouth in public. He, all the other fucking side does that. So they've buried him and buried him. When he defends himself, people are saying, oh, see there, you can't fucking trust punk. He's going to, you know, get mad and cause an issue. Yeah, he's going to get mad when people are lying about him. So. Every time that it looks like that Tony has done the right thing, because Punk is not wanting to fucking leave wrestling like that, with that kind of reputation, but also, I think what everybody overlooks is, Punk is getting a check every week or every two weeks, whatever their pay cycle is, for what amounts to more than seven figures a year, right? Or in the seven figures a year, to do nothing. To sit at home, he's he had an injury that's been seven months ago. I bet you he's probably okay by now. But now it comes down to the fucking cowardly, gutless, ballless. If you took all six of the balls that the EVPs allegedly possess and rolled them at a fucking drinking straw, it looked like six kernels of corn rolling into a storm drain. They're so scared he's going to beat them up again, or he's going to fucking show them up, or he's going to outdraw them, or outwork them, or whatever they're so scared about him. Every time it looks like there's movement for Tony Khan to get some return on his investment of seven figures a year, sending this guy a check to sit at home because his fucking EVPs are butthurt, then something gets out to where it to stir things up and muddy the water and screw up Tony Khan's business and his dealings. He's trying to make a deal to either get some value for the fucking money that he's spending or to get some fucking closure with the open-ended situation he's got with Punk. He's under contract. He has to pay him, play him, or cut him. 
And this guy's willing to be a professional, come back and earn his money. And the other guys are running from him like their heads are on fire. Because they're afraid either he's going to beat them up for real or he's going to beat them up in the fucking ratings. So it shouldn't surprise anybody by now that every time it looks like this might be worked out to AEW's benefit, Tony Khan's benefit, how would you like, Brian, to be writing a check to somebody for over a million dollars a year and then just, just them sit home and cash it when it comes in the mail? When they're willing to come back and fulfill their part of the bargain, but uh, Pansy Dan and his fucking two friends are scared. They're scared. You know what? As Ernie Ladd used to say, if you're scared, say you're scared. If you're a mouse, squeak. Right. And the other thing is, if you're Tony Khan, you can't be happy that every time you think you have a compromise and a solution, something happens that seems to poison the well. But he... he he can't be too unhappy because he won't blister and, and discipline the people that are causing it. Look, at the very end, if you're someone in the Bucks camp who thinks it's all Punk's fault, and if you're someone who's in the Punk camp and you think it's all the Bucks and Omega's fault, you're all wrong. It's Tony Khan's fault yeah. that it got to this point and that it's still happening. He still hasn't been able to stop this. This is still happening. If he can't say, you blithering simpletons, I'm paying this guy a fortune. He said he'll work with you. You don't want to work with him? Fuck you. I won't pay you anymore. Because he drew me more money than you ever have. That's what I want to talk to you about. The idea that Punk is willing to work with whoever it may be that's best for, I hate to use the term because it's such a cliche now, best for business. Whether it's Omega, whether it's the Bucks whatever it may be. We're hearing that the feeling may not necessarily be reciprocated from the other side. So to look at it from the other side, if the Bucks and Omega simply refuse to work with CM Punk, should that be said? Instead of this constant back and forth, he's willing to do this, they don't know if they want to. Like It kind of has to be settled. Well, and do you think... Is there any problem with that with someone saying they don't want to work with someone else? Again, they stormed into his locker room before he threw the first punch. But is there a problem with a wrestler saying, I don't want to work, or multiple wrestlers in this case, three guys, potentially saying, I don't want to work with this guy? Okay, there are a number of reasons, and especially a main event wrestler, should be taken seriously when they say, I don't want to work with somebody whether it was when Steve Austin didn't want to work with Brock Lesnar because they were fucking with Steve and he knew it, but also he knew that Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar is a pay-per-view match. We're not doing it on free Raw. And he went home and he said since then, he handled it wrong. He shouldn't have just gone home. He wasn't going to do the match, but he should have handled, handled it differently. But that's an, a, an example of a guy saying, I won't work with somebody for the right reason. You're giving it away. We could all make money with this. I don't believe in it. Or, conversely, if you've got a mate, when Brock Lester just said, yeah, fuck you, I'll work with Bray Wyatt. He's, you know, what's that going to do to my career? And he's the shits. That's another good legitimate reason, because sometimes a guy might say that, and it might not be true. In this case, it was true. It would have probably damaged Brock's reputation to work with Bray Wyatt. So he said, no, that's a legitimate reason for a top guy to turn something down and there's also a, re a top guy that somebody might say well we want you to work with 
you know, Johnny dipshit and put him over in five minutes. And then it's the old, that don't work for me, brother, because if you're a big star and it's a nobody, whatever, that's a, I, that's a palatable reason. But examine this. They're in the wrestling business to make money. People have fucking fights and have since the dawn of fucking time in wrestling and in all sports, football players, basketball players. You see it all at the bench clearing in baseball. What happens when those guys that were on the opposite sides of that bench clearer end up on the same team? Are they still going to fight or are they going to work together? One guy's going to fucking hit the ball, the other guy's going to catch it, whatever the case, because that's their job. And it, it, it doesn't, there's no danger that the one guy's going to take a bat and finish the job from five years beforehand when they were on different teams. They're professionals. They had a fucking fight because they're athletes. That's the problem. Again, to use a line from Bill Watts, if the Bucks or Kenny were in a men's locker room in wrestling 20 years ago or in any probably professional sport, maybe even still to this day, they'd be whistling Stranger in Paradise. This is They think it's all it's fun and games and everybody dances and plays together because this is community theater. No, motherfucker, you want to play a pro wrestler, you want to play a pro athlete on TV, then you got to put up with things that happen between pro athletes. They have fights, they get over it, and they fucking agree to work together and move on. So that's the issue here is that one guy says, I'm in a wrestling business, and shit happens, and now we have an opportunity to capitalize on it with the potential biggest money drawing match that AEW has ever been able to put together. They did a million dollars with Punk and fucking Page. They did a million dollars with Punk and MJF. Imagine what they could do with, and I believe a couple other people are amenable to this match also, Punk and FTR versus the Buckaroos and Kenny. And you'd get all the AEW fans that would buy it anyway, and then you get the fucking fans that buy it because Punk's back, and then you get the people that say, you know what? Even though I don't really like that promotion and want to watch their pay-per-views, somebody might go off and punch somebody in the face for real, and I probably need to see that live. That's called taking advantage of fucking reality in a working fashion to draw money in the wrestling business. And that's what it seems like that the EVPs, for their own selfish interests, don't want to make Tony any of his money back that he's been paying them and punk. And you think that fucking Kenny Olivier versus El Hijo del Vikingo would outdraw a six-man between the EVPs and Punk at FTR on pay-per-view with this fucking history? Fuck you. No, the match that people are pitching is Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Oh, it's the same thing with a fucking shorter name. Who gives two flying shits? It's it's a, a mark match for the the audience that already watches and buys everything they do. And most wrestling fans are going, here we got another goddamn case of competitive parkour. Do you think the Bucks and Omega would dismiss this, turn this down, refuse it, whatever it may be, if there weren't guaranteed contracts in AEW? Now, of course, everyone wants to be guaranteed they're going to make money. WWE has their downside guarantee. But if you're guaranteed a flat amount of money, besides merchandise, 
You don't have to care about if this house will do good or not. You're still going to get paid the no. same thing. Yeah, which is really what led to a lot of guys' malaise in the wrestling business when they first came in a while back. But in this uh, 30 years ago, you know, guys automatically, especially in WCW, were like, Vince had the right idea. I'll give you a minimum, but you can make more than that if you fucking get the spot and work hard. Whereas everybody in WCW knew we're just going to make our salary, so we'll just fucking manipulate this to our own purposes. But with, again, I honestly think that all three of those fucking knuckleheads would take less money if they get their entrance music and their custom-made belts so that they can have championship titles with their friends and do their matches with their kids they like, I think they'd take less money. Of course, they've never told Tony that. But think about this. He's paid these three more money than they've ever seen in their lives and hired family members and friends as well. Oh, yeah. If family members and friends of every single one of them. <laughs> That's right. And for that, they get a chance to actually be part of what may be the biggest money match they could put together but they're scared that he's going to beat them up for real. And they know they can't do anything about it again. And they're, and they're pissed and they're hurt. Their feelings are hurt. Their feelings are hurt. They're so hurt. Fuck your fucking feelings. If I'm paying you a million dollars or whatever the fuck, I don't give a fuck about your feelings. Your feelings are being soothed by my million dollars. Well, Jim, before we go too much further, I should bring this up because this is, again, how shit gets going. Deadspin put up an article earlier today. CM Punk is gaslighting AEW. What? This article was retweeted by Brandon Cutler, who, oh, wrote, oh, okay. who wrote, someone gets it. So here you have someone who is only in AEW because he's the longtime stooge or friend, whatever you want to call it. He's their stooge. He always has he been. He went to grade school with them. Not even high school. He went to grade school with them. Brandon Cutlet has a job on a national television wrestling promotion because he went to school with some of the guys. And he was the guy who, on their behalf, attacked Jim Ross a few years ago when he made a comment about all the dives. And here he is. Yeah. Apparently, this tweet has already been taken down. <clears throat> Boy, I'm, I'm glad all these some bitches know how to take their tweets down. I don't really know how to do that. I just... Let them hang out there. But they, they get bad feelings about him real quick. But let's talk about Dave Meltzer and his role in all this because a ton of listeners have been sending me audio and I've heard a little bit of it. We'll play some of it here on the show. We'll review it. But Dave Meltzer, as soon as this news came out from Fightful, that CM Punk, a return is imminent, discussions are underway. Dave Meltzer had some comments on it. I'm going to play you. These are from the uh, Meltzer said what Twitter account. <laughs> Which apparently follows the travels and travails and travails of Dave Meltzer. I will start with this one. Let me see if I could play this and if you could hear it, Jim. You know, if you just go in there and make amends, I mean, there's always ways to do it if you really want to do it. Going, doing it this way tells me that it's still a power play of trying to make other people look bad, you know, in the little game. You know, and the thing with the end of the game is... All right, let me stop it here, because apparently this is not the beginning of it. There's a lot of audio here. Let me start. Let me go to this. This one should... We'll come back to that other one. I'm already gobsmacked. Well, what's the latest on Punk and FTR? You tell me. What's the latest? How come I have to tell you? 
because you know more than me. Well, I mean, I don't know if I know more than you. Okay, no, I'm not going to listen to that one either. Let's go back okay. over here. <laughs> I'm over here now. Let's go to this one again. You know, if you just go in there and make amends, I mean, there's always ways to do it if you really want to do it. Going, doing it this way tells me that it's still a power play of trying to make other people look bad, you know, in the little game. You know, and the, the thing with the end of the game is, is that I, I don't believe that they want to work with them as much as they want to get rid of them, you know, and... He's saying that... Who, now, too many pronouns, pal. CM Punk and FTR are not truly interested in working with the Bucks and Omega. This is all a plot to drive them out of AEW. <laughs> By making them no, look bad. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me make a cut. Number one, we couldn't possibly be that lucky. <laughs> Number two, drive them out of AEW. Where are they going to go? They're going to sit out in the parking lot and sell pencils out of a tin cup until somebody lets them back in the building. He's say, talking about making amends and blah, blah, blah. I didn't see anywhere where Punk said, maybe he has, I don't know. He said, oh, I'd love to apologize to those guys. For what? He has said, and it's been reported publicly, he has said to Tony Khan, he's willing to come back to work and he's willing to work with these people. He didn't say he's willing to come back and be their friends. He has nothing to apologize for. If he wanted to, that'd be a bonus. But what is all this apologizing bullshit? When a guy owns a company and he's paying people this much money, and they've had a fight. He sits them down, he says, okay, I need everybody here, but who's willing to work with each other and who's not? The guy that's willing to work with everybody? Okay, I'll take you. You guys don't want to? Well, good, see you later. What the fuck? It's up to them to make that decision. If they say, okay, we'll be professional too, we're not going to apologize to him either, but we'll work together, and we won't try to fucking break anybody's neck. Well, then that's fine, too. I don't want them to be friends if I'm the boss. I don't care about their personal life. I want them to earn the money I'm paying them and draw me some money. And then it comes down to who's willing to do that and who's not. And nobody said they were trying to run them out of AEW, although that would be a wonderful fucking side effect. But it's ridiculous, the drama from these childlike minds and when anything that might potentially make them look like they're not the king shit of all starts coming to pass, they try to poison it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let's hear more from Dave about the unprofessional power play by CM Punk and uh, and apparently just Dax Harwood. I'm looking here what Meltzer said what had to say about this. Let's go to this. Like the idea of doing this. If they really want to work with them. You know, all they got to do is, is they got to go up to him and it, they see him every week at TV and just go, dude, you know, let's, let's work together, you know, and <laughs> how can we work? <laughs> That's all it takes, dude. Let's work together. Well, they don't see him every week at TV anyway, because Punk ain't been to TV since September. I don't yeah, even know who he's working. talking about. He's talking about FTR, but let's go back to this. We do. Do we put you over? Do we, what can we, you know, can we do an angle? Um, what do we got to do? What do we got to do to make amends to all be team players? Okay. Wait a minute. Okay, but and why does FTR if, have to make amends to anybody? 
They got jacked out of the fucking belts from the fucking little whiny bastards when they decided to do their six-man thing. They never did the rubber match to put all the belts on FTR that was set up. Yeah, when they didn't want to do the money match last year. They didn't want to do the money (laughs) match last year because it would have made them look like they weren't the greatest tag team in the world, which in their minds they are. So they left FTR standing there with their Johnson in their fucking hands and didn't draw money for Tony with that big man and help FTR get all the belts so that they would have that run successfully. And they're having those matches with the Briscoes and they're getting all the attention. They were a valuable commodity for AEW. That's why apparently they were never on AEW television and never put in a prominent position because they got so much conversation that the buckaroos were just jelly as they say, and had to stop that. So why should FTR go up as hey, dude, Hey, we're sorry. You want to work together? Fuck you. First thing he said was, hey, you know, what can we do? Can we put you over? That was the yes, first thing he said. <laughs> they did that before when they shouldn't have. Why would they do it again? Well, let's go back to Dave's thoughts on what FTR and CM Punk can do to make everyone else happy. And they do it in the right way. In time, you know, it'll work in time. If they go and do it in a way where everyone goes like, you know, you're not really looking at doing it, you're looking at making the other people look bad, then it's only digging the hole deeper. And they know that, and everyone knows that, and that's why it's like so... That's why Brandon Cutler shouldn't have put that tweet up earlier. That's exactly why. (laughs) Of course. You know, watching this, it's like, you know, you see through this stuff, and so... um, you know, and, and it's going to keep going probably like that until well, I think also they all issue. get together. Well, let me stop it there for a second. Dave, obviously jumping to assumptions here. You see through it all. It's clear that this is what Punk and FTR are trying to do. It's, it's clear as day, Brian Alvarez. What my buddies told me that I've never talked to anybody on the other side, but it doesn't matter because I know what they'd say. So... Yeah, let's can FTR and CM Punk come in and do valet parking and mow everybody's lawn and wash everybody's car and make amends for all the shit that other people did to them? You know what it's going to end up being? Punk's going to have to work with someone else, and the Bucks are going to agree to work with FTR as long as FTR put him over in Wembley. But let's go back to this. Even so much, you know, will will the Bucks work with FTR? The issue here is the... the uh... You know, the claim that CM Punk is willing to work with the elite. Well, of course well, of CM course. Punk is willing well, to work with the elite. That's is. not the issue. The issue is, do the elite want to work with CM Punk? <laughs> and it's not Wait just a, a matter minute. Wait a minute. Hold on here. Alvarez, you little train monkey. Hey. What the... How is he saying, of course, Punk, like it's an honor, like working with Kenny and the Buckaroos, or like working with Fez and Briscoe and Ganya? Punk is a bigger star, has made more money, has accomplished more, has been more places than all three of them put together. It's not an honor to be in the ring with them for him. It's not like that they drew more money or bigger ratings than he did when they were all in the same company together. How would that make it an honor for him? to? Oh, these big stars, it'll help me draw. There is no benefit or pleasure or honor for CM Punk to get in the ring with any of these three except to play off the real-life angle. That's the only reason they're valuable in this scenario. Elsewise, he wouldn't even want to work with them to begin with because he didn't work with them before because he knew he couldn't make any money or have a good match with them. 
Now, the good match may still not be possible, but making money because of the real-life situation may be possible. That is why it is palatable, if not attractive, for CM Punk to get in the ring with either Kenny or Maddie or Nikki. So I don't know what the fuck Alvarez is thinking, but maybe, you know, 140 fucking something pound gymnasts think alike. Hey, you know, I want to work with these guys, and they're they're unprofessional. Not want to work. But with that's me. the whole game. That's the game. I mean, there was a the, there was a situation the game, here. That's the game they're trying to play. Is like where you know he's willing to work with them. They're the you know it's it's a game for you know like they're the ones unprofessional, not me. You know, and it's just like well, you know. I, I mean, it, it, the whole I, thing starts. It's a game. How it's is just it unprofessional game. if he's okay? I'll work with him, and he will, and they won't. How is the guy that will be an unprofessional? Because Riddle it was me that. Uh, is he saying it's unprofessional because it was said? Because Dax said something publicly that they're willing to do this? Because Punk hasn't said anything, so it's all puzzling. But let's uh, a little more audio here. Thing started because somebody was unprofessional. And, I mean, and if you want to argue that the whole thing started because Hangman was unprofessional, which I'm sure would be their side, well, that's fine. Yeah, but, but that's, you know, that's that has nothing to do. With, that has nothing to do with the, young the bucks. The issue that happened it all out was CM Punk being unprofessional. So you know, before it's, that, it's, before uh, that, the the, the the it real okay, like little things happened, but the big thing was the promo on Adam Page, which was totally unprofessional. In, and there's no defending it. But because he was never punished, which is one of the problems with this, is because he was never punished for it, it created a lot of uh, heat that got worse and worse and worse. If he had been told, if like he had done that promo and Tony would have said, dude, you know, you're going against the script, you're going to sit out for a couple weeks. I think that at that point, either, you know, you know, he would have powdered and quit and gone home. Or he would have not powdered and quit and gone home, and maybe this thing would have been alleviated. I got, I got another option. What if Paige, who did it first, had been disciplined, or talked to, or dressed down, or chastened, or sent home, or sent to a Tibetan monastery, fucking observe a vow of silence for a year, whatever the case, then would Punk have done the unprofessional thing that Dave is whining and needs his pussy powdered about here in this case. One was brought about by the other. So why did Dave decide that Punk should have been punished for what he said about Hangnail when Hangnail wasn't punished for starting the whole thing on live television with the guy in front of him? And again, the Bobby Fish incident, the Bucks camp leaking all the stuff about Colt Cabana yeah. to Dave and Dave running with it. All these different things, it all, everyone who played it's a part a in it points to Punk. <laughs> since, since Tony signed Punk and Punk came in and sold out the, the fucking building in Chicago and drew the fucking giant rating for Rampage that they've never even approached since and then was on top for the first couple of million dollar gates they ever drew, the campaign has never ceased from the whiny little bitch set over there from Rancho Cucamonga to drive him away by pissing him off because they know that he will go off. And the problem was he went off on their face. But I guess it's probably not the first time that Matt or Nick have had somebody go off on their face. 
And but it didn't happen that way. So it got worse and worse and worse. And so now we're at this situation where, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously he's probably going to be back. And, um, you know, if they want to work and he- they're all this upset about this, wait until Ace Steel comes back with him. <laughs> he's going to be back. There's ways to do it, you know, um, but going in there and trying to make the other people look unprofessional is is probably the worst way to do it unless is that exactly what they've done here is they've done everything they can to leak stuff to make it look unprofessional for over a year now yes and and i must admit that dave has done a wonderful job of being their house organ or mouth organ or two lips on an organ whatever the case even though he can barely speak English these days and get a coherent sentence out, he's lost half his vocabulary. He's been able to see things from every perspective from the start of this, as long as every perspective comes from Cucamonga. Trying to just kind of like pressure them out of the company. If that's the idea, <laughs> you know, then we'll, you know, again, we'll have to wait and see how it all turns out. It's a really, you know, but, but I like extend like, like this is clearly not good faith because if it was good faith. Um, we wouldn't hear anything about it. They would settle it. They would settle it. And we would see an angle out of nowhere that would shock everyone, or at least even, or maybe we would talk about it or whatever and know the angle was coming. And if that happens, that's fine. But as long as they're talking about it, it tells me that, um, number one, they have no deal to do. Who's they? Who's they that's talking about it? Well, the audio uh, stopped here. It appears that Twitter has stopped. And I want to say well, something. Well, no, but but I'm I'm just saying who's the they he's talking about that keeps talking about it. They they wouldn't if they were really going to do business. They wouldn't be talking about it. They just shoot an angle or whatever. Well, who's the they that's talking about it? FTR. Everybody involved with the EVPs. That's who that. So he's just saying they wouldn't be. T- well, they're unprofessional because they're talking about it, spilling the beans, trying to fucking screw the deal trying to send it sideways because they don't want the guy around. They think Punk's trying to drive them out of the company. I guarantee you CM Punk does not want to become an executive in that company for the rest of his life. He probably wants to wrestle another year, year and a half, whatever this contract is, and get away from these fucking nutty people one time. Like Jerry Jarrett said to me when he quit the wrestling business at, at in the 90s, he said, I didn't hate the wrestling business. I just hated the people I was in the wrestling business with. So Punk wants to wrestle and get the fuck out and go home and play with Larry. These weasels want to be there for the rest of their lives to sap Tony Khan of his fucking funds. So I don't see why they think he's trying to run them. Maybe run them out in the eyes of the public, make them immaterial, diminish their reputation simply because he's bigger. That might be possible, but... I don't think he wants to replace them. I don't see CM Punk becoming an executive vice president. I want to get your final thoughts on Dave and Brian Alvarez's comments on all this, but let me just say one thing because it involves me. Dave's jumping to a lot of assumptions here. And you heard him basically say it. This means this. This is happening, so this. Without a direct line. It's just Dave. And Dave, to the best of my knowledge, does not have cosmic consciousness. It is Dave just jumping to assumptions. It doesn't sound anymore like he's got consciousness. You know, when Punk put up his Instagram thing to respond to Dave, must have been two months ago now, I don't even know. I put up the next day after Punk took it down, some of the sections from the AEW talent playbook. 
because I thought it was important contextually for people to understand there actually are rules and barometers in AEW. Yes, and and if people didn't see your tweet, it it was the basically the code of conduct for AEW talent in media and interviews, which looks like, because the word team was mentioned a lot, it looks like it may have been cribbed from the Jacksonville Jaguars section of the empire. Well, I put that up and it got a lot of reaction. Someone brought this to my attention and I went and checked it out and there it was on Dave's message board. It always comes back to that fucking message board. (laughs) Dave wrote that the AEW talent playbook stuff that I put out was leaked because someone was mad that Punk had to take down his tweet. That is absolutely false. And I say that as the person who tweeted the talent playbook, which I've had on my desk since late last year. It had nothing. I didn't hear from Punk or anyone involved with Punk who said, put that up. We're mad about it. And I didn't give a shit. I don't care if Punk tweets it or not. It was out there in the ether already. Dave jumped to an assumption. He has my phone number. He has my email address. He could have said, Brian, why did you put this up? Where did you get it? Anything. Didn't hear a word. Instead, he puts on his message board that it was leaked by someone who was mad that Punk had to take down his tweet. It was leaked to me in 2022, you moron. Well, yeah, well, besides that, just the way he phrases it, it was leaked because sounds like somebody anonymous source put it out in the middle of the night. You tweeted it with your name on the fucking Twitter account because it's your Twitter account and said here in your capacity as operator and manipulator of the wrestling news, since this is in the news, here's why that Punk may have had to take that down because it did violate when he answered the accusations of the fucking balding plumber and everybody else, it did violate their terms and policies. That's why the other cowards and dickless fucking pussies only do with a whisper campaign and nothing is ever attributed to them, except for Moxley. He just, he talks like most people fart, just at random, out of the blue, and it usually stinks. So he said whatever the fuck, but... I don't think he can read, so they didn't really have him on the code of conduct anyway. But you didn't leak anything. You put it out there with your name on it. I put it out there, and the reason I put it out there was everyone was saying, why did Punk take down his tweet so quickly? And my point was, well, actually, AEW prevents these guys from doing this kind of thing. Here it is in writing from their playbook. And I put it up. Dave jumped to an assumption. He's completely wrong. I'm sure he won't apologize, but Dave should apologize because he made a wrong statement about me, even though he didn't. Could you guys work together? Do you think you could work? I mean, there's some way that it could be done. Of course, you'd have to, you know, go up to him and say, hey, Dave, can I put you over? I want to challenge Dave to a match at the Garden. The Olive Garden. (laughs) uh, But then I just want to say, because a funny little ending to this, everything I put up on Twitter from that playbook ended up verbatim in the Observer without any credit to where it came from. The talent playbook somehow got out this week. Somehow, the great Brian Last put it out, you fucking dope. So that's what I want to say. Hey, don't call him a dope. Dave's jumping to assumptions on a lot of things. I just witnessed firsthand to me, he jumped to an assumption about why I tweeted something. He very easily could have asked me if he was concerned. And by the way, Dave, if you want a copy of the playbook, let me know. You know, you could could autograph those like I did the Russo restraining order. We'd give the money to charity. Charity begins at home, you know, sometimes. That's a great idea. Final thoughts on Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez's comments about, again, another 
apparent attempt from Tony Khan and CM Punk to iron things out, get things together, get the team back together, or start some sort of process. And here we go again. I wish I had final thoughts on Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, meaning I'd never have any more. But unfortunately, I have a feeling they're going to come up from time to time. But again, these children have never been in the wrestling business. They've been in their little bubble of their indie world where people thought that they were the shit with no S at the end and were lining up to smell their farts. And suddenly they get in the real world in over their heads with guys that outdraw them, guys that can outwork them, guys that can outtalk them, and guys that can outfight them. And they don't know how to handle it because everybody's told them how great they are. And they are to a certain section of the populace. They love that competitive tumbling and aggressive parkour and combative Cirque du Soleil. But to most people, out of the 10 million that used to watch wrestling every fucking Monday night, now we've got a couple million left and a third of that watches their program. To most people, their little acrobatics and their little sissy-ass fucking bullshit is offensive because it's not wrestling and it's not even goddamn pro-athletics. It's community theater is in their minds. They're in the real world now and if they're going to make big boy money, they ought to have to put their big boy pants on and get in there and work with people that they don't like and aren't friends with and didn't get their jobs for them so that those people will do everything but lick their taint to keep the EVPs happy because they would have never gotten a fucking high-paying job in wrestling if it wasn't for being friends with them. And Tony fell for all of that. Nakazawa, Cutlet. I mean, the list goes on. We've been talking about them for four years and all of their various relationships and stoogification so jungle stooge jungle stooge it's up to tony to decide whether he is running a professional sports franchise or a goddamn daycare center where everybody's supposed to be friends and you know what if you get in a match with a fucking guy you don't like and he potatoes you give him a receipt Unless you're afraid he's going to kick the shit out of you then and know that he can, in which case, take your fucking potato and swallow it. Yeah, the Bulldogs and the Rougeaus worked that Survivor Series match in 88, the last match of the Bulldogs, because the Bulldogs wanted to be paid. They knew if they fucked around, they weren't going to get money. Yeah. The problem is everyone knows you're going to get money if you stay home. You're going to get money if you wrestle. You're going to get money if you only wrestle your friends. You're going to get money if you refuse all creative. (laughs) You just get sent home. If it, in one specific case, if you tell the boss, no, I won't punch another one of the boys as soon as I see him, and then you fucking go and see him, and you punch him as soon as you see him, and then you tell people, well, I just told Tony that so he wouldn't <laughs> keep me home. And then Tony said, well, I'm not going to fire you if you punch that guy. I'll just send you home and continue sending you your check. Boy, for that deal, I've, there wouldn't have been a son of a bitch conscious in some locker rooms <laughs> I've been in if they had that deal. You mean I can punch that guy and you're just going to send me home and pay me? Why, he'd have hit the floor quicker than fucking you could hiccup. There's the show. Turn the cameras on in the locker room and institute that rule. Just <laughs> chaos would be great. That's the thing. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up in a bow with this. 
I hate to say I told you so, but since I'm right so often, I have to. We've been saying this for four years now. These indie-minded children cannot handle the big leagues or the big time, and they can't get over for the big audience to make the big money, and they're all going to have nervous breakdowns. And look at what's going on and has been going on. So there you go. Another case of there you are. Well, Jim, before we wrap up all the CM Punk talk, one more thing, because one of the stories that came out this past week was that Tony Khan wanted CM Punk and Chris Jericho to sit down and talk, hash things out, and find out if there's any way either they can work together or just coexist together. Let me get your thoughts on this initial story. Well, and I believe that because if, you, if you're if you Tony Khan and you're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, you know, uh, lollipop guild won't work with your biggest star then who are you going to get to work with your biggest star well the next guy with the next biggest name is chris jericho so maybe there's some attraction there pay-per-view match punk jericho but as you'll recall there's been some ill will between them as well not only i think uh, there's some issues stemming back to when they were in the wwe but more specifically as soon as this whole thing happened in September, Jericho immediately tried to side with the kids because, hey, fellow kids, he's become a kid himself. He wanted Punk fired, and then he, he called him a oh, cancer. Yeah. yeah, cancer. You got to be fired. You got to go because he was the Punk. Being there was the guy that was keeping Jericho from being the biggest name, and Punk being there was the guy that was keeping Jericho from not only having the pick of all of the top baby faces that he could work with and drink the adrenochrome of and sap the strength of, but also he could never be in the position. And now he's got a, what, a 10-year contract because he was right there to help pick up the pieces and pat Tony on the back and say, don't worry, Tony, punk screwed you around, but I'll always be here as long as you pay me millions of dollars a year for the next 10 years until I'm 60-something. I'll be here for you. And just make sure you pay me more then than you do now. So now if Tony is thinking, hey, okay, I'm going to bring Punk back, can't have him against the EVPs, so maybe Punk and Jericho, well, but now there's trouble. But Jericho, being as he's been in the real wrestling business, and ego it means more to him than feelings, and if he gets in a main event with Punk at a stadium show that might also draw one of the bigger uh gates on pay-per-view that they will ever have well that would just be lovely because all the attention would be on chris jericho and you know the, so yes yeah, so he he will be i'm sure jericho more than happy to cross his fingers put him behind his back and say oh i never meant anything and come to me my melancholy baby and give me a hug and let's go make money and i'm sure he'll be willing to because he's with him it's more about ego and also taking care of that 10-year contract at this point than it is the other fucking clown's ego where they don't want to be involved with the guy. Jericho, in his mind, thinks he can hang with Punk and he can be as big a star as Punk, and that might be just wonderful. But I don't know. This might be one of those things. Does Punk think he needs to work with Jericho at this point? So that might be some... There's some convincing on that side, but I'm sure Jericho would be all for it. See, here's the thing. Jericho has been a major problem in any program that he works with anyone who is young or coming off a period where they're really hot, the fans are really into them. 
Jericho has a track record over and over again of sapping everything that they had going for them. It's just gone. By the end of it, you're not even dealing with Jericho. You're dealing with Jake Hager and his fucking hat. Yeah. He can't pull that shit with CM Punk. And I've been saying it the last few weeks. Chris Jericho, if he didn't control his own creative, there's something to be done there. And to be very honest, if you need someone in that company to be on the mic, if you're, if you're going to do something where it's CM Punk playing on all this, it's CM Punk versus the locker room or CM Punk versus the people there who don't like him. And you can't ignore it. You have to play into that. Jericho will be better on the mic than the Bucks and Omega yeah. at delivering the argument against Punk as long as he doesn't get silly, as long as it doesn't turn into a skit this week and a skit next week. And I don't think that would happen with CM Punk. But it would benefit Jericho, sure. But when you really look at the big picture, it may, as long as Jericho's not in charge of the booking, it may be the best thing. But now think about this also, because they've still never told anybody on television where all those guys went or where Punk has That's been true. since. That's actually a very good point. That's so thank true. thankfully for them, the entire AEW audience that they have lived their life on the internet and is smart. And I will actually know we proved that when we got eyewitness reports from a couple of the tapings a few weeks after the media scrum, they didn't know why Punk wasn't there. So even their entire audience is not plugged into the internet. Yeah, they so, still have his merch. His merch is still being sold. But yeah, of course, because, you know, he's a star and they sell his merchandise. He's under contract. He's getting some of that money too. But they would only have to do a very elemental storytelling session to to bring the shoot that happened to the rest of the world and they could make some money on that punk and Jericho haven't had a shoot yet. And there would, so while their promos would be wonderful against each other and it is two big names, still the intrigue of they might really have a fight. And, you think, and I know Jericho leg dive Goldberg one time or whatever, but do you think he he don't want to fight at this stage of his life? I don't blame him. I don't think Punk really wants to fight either, so they're not going to get in a shoot in the middle of the ring. But some people may still believe that it'd be too good of an opportunity to pass up for Punk to just ground and pound one of the Jacksons into a fucking pile of jelly and might just lose himself and do that. I'd pay double for that pay-per-view. But I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But they got to tell some kind of story anyway when all these people come back and get involved with each other if they do. A Twitter account, The Pro Wrestling World, tweeted out yesterday, Chris Jericho, and they tagged him, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've always been willing to work with everyone and you always do what's best for business. People are foolish to suggest otherwise. And as a picture of Jericho next to CM Punk on commentary on Rampage, Jericho responded, not everyone. <laughs> so what do you think of that? He's willing to work with everyone. Here's a picture of him and Punk, and he responds, quote tweets it, not everyone. Well, yeah, because he's not sure that he'll be able to talk all the uh, involved parties into putting this together, and he doesn't want to make people think that it's going to happen until it's going to happen, and then he wants people to think that it's his idea, and he wants it. Well, Jim, we cannot end on that topic. I want to ask you about one other thing that has been a hot topic issue in the cult of Cornette. A listener, a member, Nick Barrett, 
who went to a show this past week, and I forget what town it was, it was in Canada, wearing the Cult of Cornette convention watcher outfit. Yes, yes. Of sorts. Of sorts. A sash, a white sash, white sneakers, black pants, black cornet face shirt, and something that he says is a beret, yeah. but looks more like a chef's hat. What do you think of this? Well, somebody said it looked like he, the hat looked like he was the president of the Pillsbury Doughboy fan club. Um, he, he was fashioning. <laughs> I had not heard that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he was fashioning. Yeah, it's not easy to pick up a white beret unless you live in Marseille or Paris or Toulon, France, or, you know, one of those places. Uh, so he was fashioning out of available material, I guess, the white beret, and didn't quite get a beret. More more like a fucking white kind of jiffy pop popcorn looking <laughs> thing. But nevertheless, he went to the show with the sash was beautiful. Um, I think the only thing he needed was a saber. A saber or a, 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 saber? a foil or a rapier. <laughs> and that would have completed that that uh, ensemble but since he was the first one he's the official sergeant at arms of the cornet oh, wow. fan fest watchers yes nick barrett sergeant of arms sergeant at arms sergeant at arms excuse yes. me you think they're gonna let him into the show with a saber well why not it's america this is in canada oh i forgot he's canadian well in that case no they might but if you come to nick <laughs> if you come to the shows in america if you can't get in with the Sabre, take the Sabre out to the trunk of your car and bring an AR-15, they'll let you right in. It's America. Well, there you go. And thank you, Nick, Sergeant at Arms. And we'll see if anyone else sends in pictures, if anyone else dares try this outfit and wear it anywhere, and we'll see what happens. But Jim, with that, we wrap up this fast-moving hour, this bonus episode. Of course, you can hear us on the Jim Cornette Experience and Jim Cornette's drive Through, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Any final words for the listeners? Yes. Goodbye. And you heard it right there. For Jim Cornette, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally ho!